Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Well, good morning. Um, I'm Heath. I am the lead pastor here, getting closer and closer to being called the senior pastor. I have like a um, aversion to being called senior so far, but... Um, I'm falling apart, so I'm, you know, I'm getting closer and closer. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about today. That's my, that's my word that we're going to, we're going to talk about over and over and over again. Today is the only place or time, uh, that you can experience life. You can't get it from anywhere else. Today is the only place that you can experience God. Today. Today is the only place that you can change your future. Today is the only place where healing can happen. And I, I ask questions occasionally, and uh, for new people, it is usually just internal, so you don't have to raise your hand or say anything out loud. But here, here's a question for you. Who in this room has something that they would like to be different in their life right now? You don't have to raise your hand, but every single person in this room uh, it should be raising their hand. There should be something in your life that you're like, man, I want this to be better. So what keeps you from changing whatever that thing is? Nine times out of ten, we're so overwhelmed by the size of the problem or the thing that needs to change uh, or the habit that the goal that we give up even before we start. I mean, we talk about this every January New Year's resolutions, are kept, I think, are kept for like 15 days, most of them. Very rarely does anyone make it through a whole year of, um, I've decided this and I'm going to do it. And I think that most of that is because of the anxiety of what has to happen. You may have heard this uh, phrase before or this question. Uh, it's kind of a joke, funny, but like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And our, and our today is the same way. You're not going to do everything that needs to be done today. But if you do some of the things that need to be done to get you to where you're heading, today is the place to work on it. And sometimes we have to think of life in compartments that we can move forward in. You cannot change yesterday and you have no idea what tomorrow will bring. Today, literally, may be your last day on this planet. We're not guaranteed anything. There's so many things that could happen to you in this world. But a lot of times we live thinking and missing out on things today because of something that potentially will happen tomorrow. And we don't want to do that. So, are you ready? Because my, my goal for today, we're going to get into the Word, and I think Paul has a, a, a great, in Philippians, has a great line of discussion that fits this perfectly. And really the danger of deciding that things need to be changed is usually that there has to be or needs to be action that follows it. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, it is by your grace and your mercy. Lord, I, I truly believe that even what we're talking about today in your word 
you've laid it out in front of us already. Lord, you've prepared these things for us to work on in advance of us even working on them. Lord, we know that you are our greatest cheerleader, that you are our greatest supporter, you are our strength. And Lord, I I pray that you would give us uh, David vision for the Goliath that we will encounter in the days and years ahead. That you would help us see how big you are and how worthy of worship you are and how willing you are to beat every odd and to bring about your will in our life. So help us surrender to that today. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God has been training his people from the beginning about this idea of the day. Uh, when uh, Israel was freed from Egypt, they got this thing that they complained about, which is really funny. They complained about a miracle that happened when the miracle continued to happen every single day. They got manna, but how long did manna last? One day. And some of them didn't trust or believe that God would provide for them, so they collected extra. And you know what it was two days later? Rot. It was only two days. There was one two-day period in every week that God would allow it to last for two days, and that was during the Sabbath. But every day for 40 years, God showed up and said, Today, I will give you what you need. Over and over again. What's our uh, husbands and wives? What's the command from the Bible? How long or when should we deal with our anger? By the end of what? By the sun going down. They give us a daylight because today is the only day that we can deal with it. When are God's mercies new? Every morning. I mean, I think sometimes we forget that, yes, that there is new possibilities in every single day. How often are we told to take up our cross? Daily. And when are we told to rejoice and be glad? Always. Every day. So we're going to look in Philippians. Philippians was a letter that Paul wrote from prison uh, to a, uh, a colony that was mostly retired Roman soldiers. And he wrote this letter as really a response because they sent somebody to care for him while he was in prison. And, uh, and it was a, it, basically a thank you letter to the church. And Paul from p- prison, uh, really the ultimate theme of this book uh, was joy. He over 50 times or 16 times in the four chapters, he mentions joy. He also mentions, and here's what we really need to focus on, which I'm going to start in our chapter three with is he mentions Christ 50 times. Paul was not preaching Paul. Paul was not preaching his church and his dominion. Paul was preaching Jesus. Which we'll see in just a second. So we're going to jump in to Philippians 3. It's going to be on the screen behind you, but I always encourage you, if you've got your Bibles with you, open it up, make notations, look at it later. Um... It's always a great idea to spend time in the Word because let me let me just tell you something you may not know. There's a chance I could be wrong. Okay, but enter at your own risk. But you should be in the Word. So uh, Philippians chapter three verse eight. 
And I'm going to start in this 8 to 11 because I don't think 12 to um, chapter 4 verse 1 is really has any value without these verses that we're going to go through today, the beginning. And the, the title of this section is Righteousness Through Faith in Christ. Verse 8. It says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I just have to say this, but rubbish in the Greek is a slang word for what? Poop. I haven't said anything about poop in a long time in church, so there you go for all my poop fans. Um, it, it, it is, it's garbage. Like he's like he's saying everything else is of no value other than Christ. In verse nine, it says, "And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means." Possible, I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Paul knew what motivated him every day. We talked about holiness last week, and holiness is one of those uh, kind of marathon topics. Because it didn't end. Um, we're never going to be completely holy on this side of eternity. And it's a work that must continue. And it's, it's a work that if we, if we look too far ahead of all the things that need to change in us, that we can get discouraged and not do anything today. But it's the thing that if we decide to do little things today, then we'll be more holy tomorrow and then so on and so forth as we proceed. He knew where he was going and that directed every moment of his day. That was his reason for pressing on. And I love Paul because I've talked about Paul and Paul scares me a little bit because I feel like if Paul walked in the room, everybody would sit up straighter. Everybody would tuck in their shirt and regret not wearing a tie today because Paul was that like he he knew it. And when he told he was like he went down his list of how awesome he was. Of these things that he did. I have from birth done blah, blah, blah. I've been beat more than you. I've done this. I've been stoned. And, and, and then at the end of that, he's like, and all that means nothing. That's the Paul that we're reading about right now. And then we get into verse 12. Verse 12 says, not that I have already obtained this, referring to what we just read. He has not arrived. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect but i press on to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own paul wasn't as much as like we or i even say from the pulpit at times that he was kind of cocky and um strong will he was a humble man his humility was working its way out in his life, even through these letters that he sent from prison. Verse 13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, 
But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead. Okay. Um, You cannot head forward while you're looking back. And I'll give you I'll give you a task if you're so willing to disprove me, especially if you've got a fenced in backyard. Start on one side and just fix your eyes on the fence behind you and you run full speed. That's what we do. We I mean, I'm going to tell you, OK, if you want to work on today, if you want God to have access today, you got to let go of yesterday. And I don't mean avoid it. I don't mean, you know, like, don't deal with it. I'm saying deal with it and move on. Jesus has forgiven our yesterdays. If you're his child, but lots of us, including me, spent most of our life running in a direction with our eyes looking the other. And we get bumped and bruised and hurt over and over and over again. And we go, why did that happen? Because we're fixated on what's behind us. Paul knows that focusing on your past failures or past successes will keep you from pressing on. If you remember the story of Paul, Paul was not always on Team Jesus. He was actually there to remove King Jesus and all those that followed him was there when Stephen, a deacon, was stoned to death in his approval. He was collecting the coats, cheering them on, stone him, kill him. That was the guy. Could you imagine if he lived as he entered into the realm of worshiping, um, preaching, and living for Jesus, if he focused on Stephen? I mean, you imagine, I I don't know of anyone in this room, and you don't have to raise your hand or acknowledge this, that has killed someone else. But that was on him. He was cheering this on, and, and Stephen wasn't even one of the main characters. I mean, he's awesome. I'm not knocking Stephen, but he wasn't one of the twelve. And he just preached the gospel. And while they're stoning him, he just fixed his eyes on Jesus. And Paul thought he was doing the, his church, the Jews, a service by eliminating and squashing out the way. Winston Churchill once said, uh, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Some of us aren't doing what we should be doing today because we failed so many times that direction that we just assume it's going to continue. And let me just tell you, no. The only way it continues is if you choose to stop moving forward. Jesus, God, is the God of restoration. He's the God of redemption. And we'll praise that, and we'll talk about it, and we'll think about it until it's us. And then we won't do what we need to do today because we feel like, and I, I'll... I'll rightly confess this that i've been in days that i struggle even connecting with god because i'm thinking why would he even love me like in and then i, I read 
Even in Nehemiah and some of these Old Testament books that we're going through right now, God loved his people so much that when the city of Jerusalem was nothing, he had a conquering king. Several of them say, we'll fund the rebuilding of his temple. We'll fund the rebuilding of the wall. And if you've been reading in Nehemiah, Nehemiah and his people, they worked every day building a wall and putting up gates every single day with a sword on their hip, with people guarding them, with people wanting to take them out. And, you know, they could be like, man, there's armies against us. There's people against us. And the one guy, I forget the guy who was opposing him, but he kept calling, come out here and let's have a, a meeting. He's like, I ain't got no time for you. God has called me to this, and what I'm called to is more important than this, and I am not going to. And I think some of us in this room need to live like that. The enemy is just baiting you into some other stupid thing. Let's have this conversation. Let's do this. Pull you away from what God's calling you to do today to distract you. Nehemiah was like, no. Every day, we're going to go out there, and we're going to build this wall. Verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what should you do? (laughs) You press on to your destination, your upward call. Okay, hear this. Because you're like, well, what is my upward call? Um, If you're a child of God, if you're his... He has a purpose and a destiny for you in his kingdom. It's there. Literally, I'm going to preach in a couple weeks this idea that he's prepared all these good works for us to walk into. Which is just crazy for me to think that, you know, if I change the way I'm doing and I start doing things a certain way, I'm just entering into what he's already said in front of me. It should take some of the pressure off us as we look into what God has for us, that he's working it right now. He's been working it before you even started thinking about things that you want to change. He's been working it from the beginning. He's woven your story into his kingdom. Like the sovereignty of God would wreck you if you understood it. To think about all the things that you feel that you did in your life to lead you to this place, who you married, where you're at, what job you have. If you look at it correctly, it is literally God weaving the stories. Like my wife and I met at Appalachian State in 1996. And all the variables that led us to that moment, I transferred in as a junior, she was a sophomore, uh, I went to a university Bible study, we met the third day that I was there, and I thought in my mind, like I got saved two years before that, and I told everybody, I'm going to college to find me a wife. And I did. Success. 20, almost 25 years later, still here, still in the game, and like... And I think, oh man, for two years, I'd I'd gotten saved two years before. I'd been getting my life together. I'd been getting discipled. And I feel like I'm doing the right thing so that I'm leading myself to this place when the reality is there's so many variables that, this is my wife's parents, by the way, there's so many variables that put them in North Carolina 
to get her to go to Appalachian because they were from Indiana. I don't think she would have gone to Appalachian if she lived in Indiana. All the things from a job, all of those things God worked out for that moment that we met. Look, if we just trusted God with today, that we just be faithful to God today, and he's leading us, even in our failures Like even when we royally mess up, God is still working his stuff in us. What he began in us, he will bring to completion. He is doing it right now. Period. Verse 15. Let those of us who are mature. I love this. I love this. This is maybe one of my favorite lines in the section I'm going through. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Let's think this way. Let's forget what's behind us. Let's press on. For those that are mature, let's think this way. And if you don't think, uh, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So guys, like if you're mature, let's think about how awesome it is and what God's doing. And if you don't think that way, then he'll get you there eventually. Because if you faithfully stay around him, stay connected. I don't know how many things over the last 27 years that I've been a follower of Jesus that I've believed wholeheartedly. Then God's like, eh, no. Like I'm like stepping in like, yeah, no. You know, it's his grace right now that's working out our Holy, and I don't mean holy like holy God, but holy meaning holes in it, uh, theology. He's working out our understanding of him right now. Your spiritual maturity, this may be a little painful, your spiritual maturity is seen in your activities today. What you're choosing to do today. Today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Your activities today are, dis- are, are telling the world and others around you of your spiritual maturity. Because you know where you're going, today is where you have to make steps. If you want something to change in your life, you have to do it today. I'm all for making plans for tomorrow, but I don't know how many times I've written out a nutrition plan and never followed it. I don't know how many times I've written out a budget. And Jody and I, for probably the first 10 years of our life, every year we're like, we're tired of this paycheck to paycheck. We're going to live in a budget. And we'd write it up, and they look great. You know what budgets on paper do? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. I mean, that's our life. Like, So I want, my goal today at this is I want you to realize something actively that you can do today. And you know what? If it works today, try it again tomorrow. And if it works tomorrow, try it again the next day. And don't think about next week. Don't think about what you have to do a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, ten years from now. Just think on being faithful today. Verse 16 says, only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Hold on to what God has already done in you. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Follow the right examples. One of the best things that you can do today is have people around you that are also doing what you're wanting done in your life. 
Accountability is key. There are so many things in my life, even things I'm doing right now that I would not be doing if I didn't have other people. Fitness goals, eating goals. I wouldn't be doing if I didn't have other people going, how'd you do today? You know, what, what about in our spiritual life? If we did the same thing, we found people that are heading in the direction that we're going and going, what are you doing that's worked? How, how can I... How can I be a part of that? The problem is, and this is another verse, uh, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Like sometimes we, we fixate on people that are like, they're, they're doing worldly things that we would like. Like, I, I want this kind of money, or I want this kind of lifestyle, or I want this kind of whatever. And we, we fix our life. On, with a rudder going in one direction that's not the same direction that God is trying to lead us in. Paul's not being cocky and saying, hey, you know, be just like me. Paul's saying, hey, I'm after it. Get after it with me. Verse 20. Well, let me, let me read 19 again. Um, Oh, no, no, I have verse 19, 18, I'm skipping ahead. 18, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even in tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. Sound like our culture right now? The shame of the church right now is that a lot of times we look just like the culture. We're chasing after the same things, killing, coveting, pursuing things that are not literally killing, but destroying. Just like them. And Jesus has called us for more of that. Verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Literally, Jesus holds all things together. Not to be super weird, but the chair that you're sitting in is made up of molecules that are being held together by the power of Jesus Christ. They are what they are right now because he wills it to be that, to act a certain way. You, yourself, are being held together by Jesus Christ right now. And I don't know about anybody else, but I look forward to a heavenly body I look forward to not having to like work. I don't know if you'll work out in heaven, probably work out in heaven. I look forward to not counting calories. I look forward to like not having pain. I look forward to not getting stung by a wasp and having my body react to it. Like I got a cabbage back chance. Um, I look forward to all those things because I think in heaven, wasps aren't going to stab. You. I mean, stick you They're They're going to be like friends with us. They'll be like, hey, Dad. hey wasp. it's going to be like it. it should be. And that's where we're going, but we have to have our mind set on the reality that that's our kingdom. You'll work on whatever needs to be worked to get to where you want to go. 
And some of you in this room are very disciplined about certain things. But where are those things leading you? I talked about last week, you know, like I do spend a fair amount of time getting up early and and, and working out. And to be completely honest, and I said this last week, that will get me nowhere. Like it gets my discipline and it helps me in other areas of my life. But Jesus isn't going to be like, high five. You lost weight. High five. You met your calorie goal. I mean, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe high five, but like, you know, there isn't like a, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Um, but there isn't like a, a ticket we got to punch to be like, oh, you know, you're, you didn't eat your macros today. You're not going to uh, heaven next week. And we'll, we'll, we'll pour so much of our effort and energy into things that literally have no shelf life. And this is me included. This is something, this is why today is so important. Because if we focus on today, we'll realize that today is all we have. Verse 1, chapter 4, it says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. That's what God is speaking right now. Stand firm. If the world is against you and Jesus is for you, it's going to be all right. I think we, we look at the Old Testament. Um, Russell actually texted me something yesterday about that same God that freed and brought the Israelites out of Egypt and did all these miraculous things and directed their path. And There's a sermon here that I'm not ready to give yet, but God literally put them in a a spot. He led them. It wasn't Moses, like, get lost in the desert and led them to the spot where there's mountains, Egyptians that wanted to kill you, and a Red Sea. God God led them to that point. (laughs) I think sometimes we're like, "Why, why are we here? But if you're God's child... Even if it was your error getting there, God's doing something with it. Man, if they would have said, mm, nah, we don't want to go here, God wanted to finish this. God wanted to end this story of the Egyptians and get them over that Red Sea. And they got to see the power of God. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, 34, there's this whole section talking about worry and anxiety. There's a line at the end of it that says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Amen. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what can you do for a day? What are you willing to do for a day? What are, you, what are you willing, like, if, if you could work, if you could engineer it backwards, and you just dream, like, where do you, where, and I'm not talking about, like, I, I want to retire early, I want to have lots of money in the bank, I don't really care about any of that. I mean, I care about it a little bit because I want to retire at some point also, but, like, that's not what I'm talking about. If, if God is this wonderful 
loving Savior that has worked all these things to bring his son to die for you. And his eternity is what we're shooting for and longing for with him. Like, what would it look like for us to literally say, this is not my kingdom, and he has a kingdom that I'm going after. And my life is going to be invested and built on where I'm going with him. What would it look like tomorrow? What are you going to do today so that tomorrow... And let me just let me throw one out there. Non-negotiable. There's no guilt and shame that you don't do it every day, but... Um, one of the things, if you want to change your life, um, you got to be in the Word. There is nothing else in this world that will cut through all the garbage in you. Like, I don't have enough to give you on Sunday to make it, make you get through the week. You gotta get in His Word. You gotta be in His Word. It has to be a part of you. And then you have to start doing things that you know you should be doing. Look, you, you wanna, you want a better life? You wanna be a be- better father? Or wife? Sorry. I have to, I really had to think about, there's other genders in the room. Um, just two, but other genders. Um, But if you want to be a better father or mother, today's the only day that you can do it. And I, I tell you what, we just had our oldest move out yesterday, which is interesting. Um, she's 20 years old, first night out of the house last night, and I try not to think about it because I don't want to get emotional. Um, but I fail over and over again with my kids. And you know what? I, I could sit back and go, man, why didn't I do this different? Or why didn't I do that different? Instead, if I just decide today, I'm going to be a good dad. And that's really where I'm trying to be. Helped her move in yesterday. And I'm telling you what, I, I get a little stressed when things... I, was, I wasn't super nice the whole day. I mean, like we... She gets a little stressed, and she stresses me out, my 20-year-old. <clears throat> She's like, no, 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 we have to do this right now. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> And then I got stung, you know, moving her stuff yesterday, which it didn't swell up like this until I got home. Um, but it's just today. Like, if you failed yesterday at being a parent, succeed today. If you failed yesterday at being a good husband or wife, then Work on it today. Today is the only place that we have the capacity to do anything. And the beauty of it is, is Jesus, not only has he filled us with the Holy Spirit, which is the same power that raised him from the dead, is living inside of us. If he that is, he that is in us is greater than he is in the world, if, if he's for us, who can be against us? If that's the reality, then we have the capacity to change something. If you want to be a better child of God, I don't care about yesterday. Paul is like, look, set your eyes ahead. If you want to do something different, then do something different. Look, find people around you that you can go. I want to go in your direction. Here's a beauty. 
of what's going to happen in a few weeks. We're going to open up and we're going to have community groups and there's going to be an opportunity for you to connect with other people that are going in the same direction that are going to challenge you to be more. And it's the place that you should do it in. I read this in a book this week. It says, if you keep, and this is on like wisdom right here, but it's very simple. If you keep walking in the right direction, which is key, you'll get to where you're going sooner or later. Just keep walking. I don't know if anybody's ever seen Meet the Robinsons, which is an old animated movie. You should watch it. Very heartwarming adoption and all this stuff but his future self gives his child self this advice just keep moving forward like he said how did you get to this place just keep moving forward the key to getting somewhere is start taking steps today so here's the question for you where do you want to go dream where, where, where do you feel like this? Like God's put you in this community. He's placed you here. Acts 17 says he knows all the places that we're going to dwell. The house that you think you picked out and you planned and all these other things. God orchestrated every bit of it. He knew you were going to be in this place. He knew that you were going to be here today. So where do you want to go? What, what do you want to see different? What aspect of your life do you want to work on? Pick it and start working on it. I'm going to invite our worship team up, and here's my last question for you. What do you need to start doing today to get there? So one thing that I would encourage you. If you don't know where you're going, it's really hard to get there. I heard the illustration one time of like, you can either have a target in the back of the room, let's say a, a bow and arrow. Like my, uh, Allie, she's a, um, shoots her bow and archer. God, I was thinking of that. What is that word? And, you know, we, we could put a, a target in the back wall and I, I could pull back the arrow and try to hit the center of that target, which is what you should do. Sometimes our life is we just throw an arrow and wherever it hits, then we go and get our paint and go, look, bullseye. That's not what I'm talking about. You got to have a direction of where you're going. And to get there, you got to start doing things that determine today. And I love Paul when he was talking about Olympic athletes, that they beat their body to submission, that they're unwilling to do other things that would keep them from getting to where they're going. And some of you in this room, as much as we need to target where we're going, there's things that are hindering you from getting there. I think it's in Hebrews. It says we, we cast those things off. We, you know, there, there's things in your life right now that you would get further and get there faster if you would remove them. Addictions. Social media. <laughs> um lifestyle choice, things that we're literally hurting, even some ideologies that we're believing about who God is that are wrong. So what are you willing to do today? So here, here's the two things. Is this 
We're going to, we have one more song, and we always put a song at the end of our service so that you have an opportunity, you have a few minutes to, to solidify what you feel like. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit, who's active in you, is speaking. And I think during these last few minutes, we can clarify where he's directing us. And the beauty of this, we also have you know, a nice little banner now in the back. Like if you want prayer uh, at the end of service, there'll be people right there at that banner that would love to pray with you. So maybe you're like, I cannot stop looking backwards. I cannot stop this backward gaze and I just need help. And maybe it could be like, I don't know where I'm going and I just need you to pray that God would make it abundantly clear that this is what he's called me to. This is what he's called me to do today. But I encourage you before you leave this room today to have something that you're going to do today that will prepare you for tomorrow. Let's pray. Jesus, the beauty of your sovereignty and grace is that you have things worked out in us already. You, You have a plan established. Lord, help us tap in to these things that you're speaking over us and encouraging us to Lord I pray that today that we would be willing to start making steps to change who we are in you Lord I I pray that you would dismantle lies generational things that we have been living under that you would free us from them Lord, I pray that you would begin to soften our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would do that. Ezekiel, that you would literally reach in and remove our hearts of stone and put a heart of flesh so that we can obey, so that we can follow. Lord, I pray that you do whatever it takes in us. Whatever it takes. For us to be the men and women that you've designed us to be. Lord, there's a body of Christ in this room. There's parts in this room that are out of place. There's parts in this room that you want to put in the right place to get us so much more effective for the kingdom. And Lord, I just thank you for all the giftings and talents and abilities that you've poured into this one room. And Lord, I pray for our upward call that we would begin to move in a direction that speaks who you are to us. So that the world can see you through who we live or how we live in our day-to-day life. That they would see our faith in you. Lord, would you shape and mold us? And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, as people begin to open their Bibles that you would speak. Lord, I pray that, Lord, what you did to the disciples when you opened their eyes to the things that you had taught them, Lord, I pray that you would do that for us. Lord, that we would that we would be on the inside of what you're doing, that we when we read your words, Lord, it would just speak destiny and calling. Lord, we would see us in the pages. Lord, even when it means a little rebuke and a little conviction. Lord, give us direction. 
and give us a willingness to focus on our life with you today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.